Hello everyone, this is Art Gelwix, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Since we're all about being efficient and effective at work and at home, let's get started. It's an article in entrepreneur.com talking about popular time blocking or time management techniques you can use while working remotely which sounds like pretty much every productivity title that's out there right now. But this one had a couple of interesting points that I wanted to call out and highlight. Uh, one of the first sections in the article talks about getting into a new routine uh, when you're working from home full time as compared to working from home occasionally. Getting settled into this new routine where you lack things you know, like a commute um, can be really important to making that adjustment. But one of the things they call out in the article is the idea of creating an AB schedule. So you would have certain days of the week, you would work on one schedule, other days of the week, you would work on a slightly different schedule. So conceptually, you could say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you start your day at 630 in the morning, uh, you go through and do specific tasks, you work through specific activities, and your day ends maybe three. Tuesdays and Thursdays, you do your B schedule. Maybe that day doesn't start until 8. Um, you work through until 4, 4.35 o'clock. But the idea there is, one, you have some variety. Two, you're able to find out which of the two schedules works best for you. And being able to flex in that way gives you control over what is perceptionally an uncontrollable environment right now. So I thought the idea of doing an A-B schedule was kind of interesting. Uh, there's also a section about eliminating distractions. Now that pretty much stands to reason. The challenge that I think a lot of people have now, to, now that they are working from home full time is they do not have designated work areas set up. The distractions are prevalent and consistent with working from a dining room table, working from a coffee table, working from the living room. And in many cases, it's because that's what people have available. This is the spot that they have. And they're operating from the standpoint of, well, I don't know how long this is going to be, so I'm just going to work from wherever. Well, that's the same kind of mindset if you said you were going to work from a coffee shop every day. There's a point where that needs to become your workspace. You need to take control of your environment. You need to implement changes in your environment to make them match your workflow. If you don't do that, you don't have that sense of control. You don't have that continuity and that itself becomes a distraction. So taking time to find some way to establish a consistent working location to create a sense of continuity from day to day within the environment itself and by eliminating distractions, even if it's just to the point of finding or putting together specific audio playlists and music playlists that you can throw your headphones on and block out the rest of the world. Those are really important to maintaining a sense of stress-free productivity. 
The third area is started to get into things that I wasn't totally buying into. One is to use an app to try and get things organized. Honestly, I don't think there's an app for everything. And I don't think you should always go running to an app to have it solve all your problems. But using multiple apps may not be a bad thing. For example, one of the things that commonly people run into is they feel overwhelmed with the number of tasks that they have going on and they don't have their normal task management systems available. Well, one, I would say that if you don't have your task management system available, you need to look at a new system. Uh, but two, looking into apps, tools such as Microsoft To Do, Todoist, Notion, OneNote, all of those types of things, if you have not looked at those already, you can use this time as an opportunity to delve into those and see, are they a good fit? The final piece is to set goals. Setting goals is great. Uh, it should be a normal part of your productivity processes. It should be a normal part of managing your objectives. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the most critical piece, but it is important to have milestones and markers to keep moving towards. In this type of an environment that we're in right now, it's very easy to sit and swirl, to just do loops around the whirlpool until you realize that you haven't made any progress at all. Having that almost linear path of being able to say, here's step one, step two, here's goal three, here's goal four, here's objective five, and so on and so forth, can make all the difference when it comes to just feeling like you're making progress, you are moving forward instead of being stuck in this limbo. So it's a good article. Um, it's a short article, but it's an interesting one. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. And if you have any thoughts or comments, please feel free. Let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, leave me a voicemail here. And I'll keep digging into some of these other articles and see what I can find and share with you. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably trying to find ways to be more productive. If so, there's a place for you called the Idea Pump. Now, there's hundreds of articles about productivity, tools, techniques, and strategies to improve your productivity, and they're all available for you on either the web or your mobile device. Stop over at theideapump.com and find some ideas on how you can do the right things at the right times in the right ways. Remember, it's theideapump.com. So over at thenextweb.com, found an interesting article called The Key to Productivity is Distinguishing Habits from Routine. And it struck me, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. I know myself included. And there are some interesting pieces in this article I wanted to call out and share with you. It, early in the article, it talks about, quote, the idea of building a habit is very appealing. The popular notion that tasks can be play, put on autopilot makes habits sound effortless. Wouldn't it be great if you could simply make a habit out of doing tasks like exercising, journaling, paying bills, or running a side business? Unfortunately, you can't. Habits don't work that way. 
right away that kind of struck me because I'm like, well, that's very true. There's a big definition difference between a habit and a routine. And if you try to make one into the other, you're just going to run into problems. The types of things that this is talking about, being able to turn exercising and journaling and paying bills and those types of things into habits just don't fit. But it's important to dig into what's the definition of a habit versus the definition of a routine to have a better understanding. So a little later on, it mentions that, quote, according to Dr. Benjamin Gardner, a habit researcher at King's College London, habit works by generating an impulse to do a behavior with little or no conscious thought. Habits are a type of learning. By forming a habit, the brain frees the mind to do other things without deliberation. So habits following that definition are ways to, I don't know, use, put your brain on autopilot for certain types of activities. You have a habit to do something at a certain date, certain time, certain part of your schedule. And that recurring event doesn't require any conscious thought. It just kind of happens. You know, you have a habit of getting up in the morning and putting your slippers on. Well, you're not going to really think about, hey, I should put my slippers on. You're just going to do it. It runs on autopilot. And they dig into that, into this concept a little bit more, a little further down. Quote, By definition, behaviors that require concentration, deliberation, or extended effort are not habits. This isn't just semantics. We shouldn't try to form a habit out of a task that can never become one. If we do, we will be sorely disappointed. Now, this immediately raises a flag to me. Okay, if I can't turn something into a habit, How do I know the types of things that cannot become habits so I don't waste my energy trying to do that? Luckily, they answer it pretty quickly. Quote, if behaviors that require conscious thought, like cleaning your apartment or writing in a journal daily, are not habits, then what are they? They are routines. A routine is a sequence of actions regularly followed. Now, this opens up some interesting thinking because we have two classes of items now. We have habits, which are our brain on autopilot, freeing our brain up to do other things. And we have routines, which are sequences of events and activities that happen on repetition. So if I try to draw an analogy for this, my habit in the morning is to get up and put on my robe and my slippers. My routine is to get up, get dressed, go downstairs, brush my teeth, make my coffee, have my breakfast. That's a routine. It's It requires some thought at certain stages. It requires effort at certain stages. Therefore, it's more complex than an actual habit. Now, the morning routine is one of those things that can be almost a feel of a gray area because partially there's a definition or there's an extension of the definition of habits that they draw out in the article. And it's quote, recall that part of the reason that people find the idea of building a habit so appealing is that the notion that they can put unfun tasks on autopilot tasks like paying the bills or doing the laundry annoy us. 
They hang over our heads until the pain of not doing them gets to be too much. However, if some magic laundry folding fairy appeared and told you not to worry about the task, you'd happily go about your day. Turns out your brain comes with just such a built-in magic pixie. It's called procrastination. When we procrastinate, we tell ourselves we'll avoid the task for later. Doing so is a telltale sign the task is a routine and not a good candidate to become a habit. Aha, so we have part of the yardstick that we need to use to determine can something be a habit or is it truly a routine? And they jump on this very clearly a couple paragraphs down. Quote, a habit feels uncomfortable when we don't do it. Exactly the opposite is true of routines. This is where people get into trouble confusing habits and routines. They expect routines to be as effortless as habits, while the only thing about routines that's easy is how easy they are to skip. Not doing an effortful task, like doing the laundry or writing in a journal, is easy to forget because such behaviors are not a habit. They are a routine that requires effort. That paragraph right there opens up the entire definition. The, the TLDR for that whole thing is, if it feels uncomfortable and you don't, when you don't do it, it's a habit. If you can skip it and not feel uncomfortable, it's a routine. So if we scoot down a little bit further, they have, quote, first we have to accept that only certain kinds of behaviors can become habits and that certain behaviors will never become habits. Only then can we take the first step to change our repeated behaviors. For those actions that can turn into habits, we can begin by making them into routines. As long as we know the difference between a habit, which is a behavior done with little or no thought, and a routine, a, a series of actions regularly followed, we can plan accordingly and not be disappointed. There's a lot to unpack there. So I'm going to use an analogy for this from the professional space. When we think about automating workflows in the professional space, a habit is the equivalent of an email notification. You're, something happens in a system. Maybe some data gets loaded. When that's done, an email gets sent out saying it's finished. There's no real effort or thought that has to go into it. Something happens, ergo, the email goes out. However, the whole process of going through identifying the data, validating the data, uploading the data, secondarily validating the data, and then sending the email, that's a routine. Routines are great candidates for automation. Why? Because it's not uncomfortable to, quote, accidentally skip a step. But in many cases, if you do, the whole routine falls apart. So thinking about the difference between a habit and a routine helps us define what we're actually trying to create. If we're trying to create something that can happen on autopilot, it needs to be just that, 
something that can happen without our conscious effort. However, if it's something that we need to do repetitively, maybe every morning, and it's a sequence of events, treating it as a routine, documenting the process, creating checklists, being able to have a a working job aid that guides us through the steps, can go a long way to creating the feeling of a habit without it actually becoming a habit. So it's a fascinating article by, um, or available over at the next web, and I'll include a link to it in the show notes so you can go over and read it for yourself. I'd be very curious to hear what you think about it. Do you think there is that big of a difference between habits and a routine? How do you manage your habits and your routines? Uh, Good habits versus bad habits. Do you have multiple routines? Do you change your routines? Why do you change them? I'd love to hear. So either find me online or even better, pop over to the podcast and leave me a voicemail there. Thanks for listening today. If you found this interesting and useful and you'd like to hear more, Make sure you subscribe to Being Productive on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. We'd also love it if you'd become a supporter of the show by using the link in the show notes. Also, please like and share this and other episodes so we can help as many people as possible in being productive. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.